We're looking at the responsibilities of Christians in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And uh, the outline is on WhatsApp. And at least managed to squeeze that in sometime this afternoon because I didn't get it to till mid-afternoon. But um, a lot of it was repeating to just remember where we're at, to be a burgeoning, growing believer, to become a building block lively stones to behold the beloved the lord jesus and that's what we looked at last time three weeks ago as a rejected stone we looked at him as a chief cornerstone a precious stone as a honored stone judging and stumbling stone now we come to the next portion and we just get a last phrase from verse 5 and verse 9 and 10 of chapter 2 Let's just read verse 5. He also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the place that we have in your church. We are a holy priesthood. We are living stones. We are looking at the Lord, getting our leadership and directions from his word. Lord, bless and minister to those that are here and those that couldn't be too. Lord, that you'd minister to them. And Lord, if they're not well, that you'd uh, raise them up from that and make them well. Lord, that we might be able to meet together and worship you and uh, not forsake ourselves, the assembling of ourselves. And bless the word as it's opened and the prayers that are given at prayer time we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. as believers how are we to behave as believer priest I think I'll close my eyes again two more feared how are we to behave as believer priest you think of that Let's, let's go back and think like a Jew would think back in the Old Testament times, in the times of David, say, when things were real serious, and Solomon and the temple, how would a, <clears throat> a Jew think of, or what would a Jew think of being a priest? Could they all be priests? No, they couldn't. Under the tribe of Levi, those people could be priests. And how many of those could be the top man, the chief priest? One. One. So we have a very privileged position in that there's only, there's only one of them could be there in the Old Testament as the high priest, but we can have access to God as he had access. Now, <clears throat> let's consider some thoughts first about this believer priesthood that we have, our required practices in verse 5. The last little bit of that verse that we read there, acceptable to God acceptable priesthood to God, acceptable priest to God. There was all sorts 
of requirements, were there not? What is acceptable to God? And we need to ask that because we are believer priests. What is acceptable to God? Do we know what's acceptable to God? How do we know? Read the word. And maybe we'll get it looking at some of those things. What was acceptable to God? Let's go back to Leviticus. So what is now acceptable? What was acceptable to God back in Leviticus? And you can go through the whole book, but just chapter 8 and a few verses from there. We'll start with verse 1. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and the bullock for the sin offering, and two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread. And gather thou all the congregation together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded. Now there was <clears throat> the cleansing that was going to occur. And in verse 6 it reads, And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And so there's a procedure they went through to become a priest here. This is what was acceptable. Now, in the Christian realm, what's, what's this washing that we have? Salvation, washed in the blood. We sing it. <laughs> Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And then, chapter 8, verse 7 and 9, or through to 9, and he put upon him a coat and a girdle, with the girdle and clothed him with the robe and put on him an ephod and all the other things, the thummim and the urim and the mitre and uh, all the clothing that was given. So as they dedicated the priest, there was the cleansing, the washing, and then there was the, what did he just put on him? Clothing. The clothing. The yep. <laughs> he has garmented me with a garment of, <laughs> yep, a robe of righteousness. And so we are, have been clothed. And uh, that is Christ's righteousness imparted to us. And verses 10 and 11. And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all them, all that was therein and sanctified them. And he sprinkled thereupon the altar seven times, anointed the altar and its vessels and the laver and its foot and everything there that he consecrated to the Lord so there was the cleansing there was the clothing and all this really has to do with consecration but he was consecrating here and cleansing in this ceremonial way for the service what about us as Christians (laughs) we consecrate ourselves to him as believer priests we do that That's what was acceptable in the Old Testament and what is acceptable to now. We need to be consecrated. We need to be clothed. You see, you can't do the Christian work unless unless you have salvation and unless you're walking with the Lord. And it lays some things down in the New Testament that we as believer priests ought to be. Um, Verse 14 to 21, there it talks about, and he brought the bullock for the sin offering. And verse 18, he bought the ram for the burnt offering and the sweet savour offering in verse 28 and the wave offering in 29 and the wave offering in 27. So there's these different offerings, the peace offering over chapter 9 and verse 4. These were offerings and they were offered to the Lord. The blood was shed and we are to, as Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 tells us, to give ourselves over as a complete... This is our reasonable service. 
to give ourselves up as believer priests to the Lord. Now, has God's standard changed? Does he expect less holiness from us today in our Christian walk than what he did for them? No. Are we going to come dressed up as priests? I, I, I thought, I think a lot about doing, you know, something like a... What do you call it when you dress up like the bloke? Uh, dress up as a priest and come here tonight. Probably would have provided tomatoes and rotten eggs, but <laughs> if you saw, if you see something like that in the church, get out of here, <laughs> because it's it's not for today, is it? And and the, you see those in those uh, mainline churches, and it just makes you, yeah, no, <laughs> it just doesn't go down with me. <laughs> All the paraphernalia that they dress up with, and and they think. They're sort of filling the role back here. But that doesn't make a person holy. Today it's an inward righteousness. It's an imputed righteousness. It's, it's the clothing God puts on us that we can't see. That a robe of righteousness and a consecration to the Lord from the heart and not from the head. Uh, and, and that's what become of the system of the Jews, wasn't it? It was all an outward show. It was all put on. It was all a dressage. But it, it, it wasn't affecting their hearts. And by the time the Lord Jesus came, it was really that way, really badly. The Torah, I, get, I just have to think of it so I don't get the two mixed up. The Torah, yes. But the Talmud, no. <laughs> All the laws that were added in the 4,400 silent years where they put all these things together and that was what was present was when the Lord came and they were... <laughs> They were counselling out the law of the Lord and the way of God and uh, the system had failed. That was all, and like the church, it was all about works, it was all about outward, it was all about show, it was nothing about the inward. And that's what the Lord was battling in the Gospels with the debates with the Pharisees. He didn't go looking for folks. They, they came to him as he spoke the truth. So there was the cleansing, the clothing, the consecration, the covering and the commissioning of these in verse 27 of chapter 8 of these Old Testament priests and he put all upon Aaron's hands and upon his son's hands and waved them before the wave offering before the Lord and Moses took them and you can read on through there as the offerings were given and they were commissioned to the work that they were given and in verse 2 of chapter 9 and he said unto Aaron take thee a young calf and for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord and the Lord and unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak saying take ye a kid of the goats for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb both for the of the first year without blemish for a burnt offering also a bullock and a ram for a peace offering and so <clears throat> in the commissioning here the offerings were given and notice something there, one word that is important because I think it's important for us to realise as believer priests there's something that we, to, we are to be without. In verse 3, last part of verse 3, we are to be without as they were without blemish. blemish. And it was to be of the first year. Let's turn to Leviticus chapter 19. Back a little bit further and verse 19. Sorry, it's chapter 22, verse 19. And he's talking about free will offerings in verse 18, which they will offer unto the Lord for a burnt offering. Ye shall offer of your own will 
a male without blemish and of the oxen, the sheep and the goats. But whatsoever hath a blemish, those twenty shall you not offer, for it shall not be acceptable for you. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice, peace offering and that, free will offering of oxen and sheep, it's to have, verse 21, last few verse words, no blemish, nothing to be broken, named, having a wean or scurvy or scabbed, you're not to offer any of these to the Lord. Now we're talking about behaving as believer priest and our required practice is to be that. As they were walking from their hearts right before the Lord and offering their offerings, they were to do it right and without blemish. Let's turn to Malachi chapter 1. Last book of the Old Testament was like a warning to the nation of Israel before the Lord stopped talking to them for 400 years. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 7 and 8. Ye offer, this is what was said of them, ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, the leftovers, (laughs) and ye say, wherein have we polluted thee? in that ye say the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer a lame and sick, is it not evil? What were they to offer it? Without blemish. Offer it now to the governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. What's the answer? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't eat it. He'd tell them to get out of there. <laughs> That's just a governor. What about God? Now, now let's make this some, some practical applications to us as Christians. <clears throat> Free will offerings, yes. That's a choice we make. Without blemish. Second-hand offerings. Let's, let's, come on, let's say some second-hand offerings that we can give. There's a whole host of them in our Christian life. Time. Yep. So what part of time do you give God? Right. Or what should we? <laughs> okay. First fruits. <laughs> the first fruits. And, um, well, I'll do it tonight when I sit down. And what will you do when you sit down? Put your <laughs> yes, right. You'll go to sleep. That's an, that's an offering that's blemished. Give God the first fruits. What what are some other things? Money. <laughs> Money. <laughs> the 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 first fruits. I, I was just talking to Tony. It was it Monday night we're around there? And I, I did mention. Do an exercise. This is just don't if you want to share it with your wife or husband, but write all the people that come to church. Estimate what their income is. You know, you have a fair idea. And add it up. There's, as in the ministry, 20% of the people are carrying 80% of the load. And it's the same in the offering. It's sad. It's sad for their sakes. Because it's a second-hand offering. Yeah, do that. And um, <clears throat> think about it. I think I, I just, for some reason, I sat down and 
And, okay, I'll do that. I've done it once before. I'm not counting people like David did. I'm just counting. <laughs> just adding it up. And you know what? In four years, we could save enough beside what we give now to build a new building just like that. If everybody... Now, you know, some people come, and I counted everybody, just attendees, members, everything, and their, and their you know, income. So that's interesting. Or we could support two missionaries full-time just from this church, from free will offerings. And I was working on 10%. You see, one day we have to stand before the Lord and we have to give an account for these things. Did you give willingly? Did you give second-handedly? You know, <clears throat> thank God for all the <laughs> gifts that do come and the that we can exist and that we can keep ministering. You know, Praise the Lord that there's almost $9,000 come in over the offering for the printing of the tract. Brother Dunn just had a read of that one that's going out. Oh, and, the, and the other one we put out to cover the expenses there with uh, people choosing to do that. And it's, and it's not only happening in our church. That's happening in a lot of churches in Adelaide, up in Queensland. They see that the hour is short and they want to get the message out to their whole community and they're doing the communities around them in the big cities, the suburbs. So praise God that the message I was talking to pastors this afternoon that, that, that he is doing. So give, that God's work might go forward. We stand like Moses when he looked at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, and he went over and what did he hear? The Lord says, stop. Take off your shoes for you're on holy ground. You're in the presence of a holy God. We serve a living saviour and we serve him by grace. We don't go by law. So in that grace, we have some liberties to choose. But remember, we do have to give an answer for how we gave, what we gave. We ought to be holy. God expects this from us. And as he did a priest, and what happened to the priest? We know it. We say it often. The high priest, when he, he went in on the Day of Atonement, he was, a rope was tied to him. <clears throat> if it all went quiet there, after a while they'd drag him out because he could have died in the presence of the Lord because he wasn't holy. Now, he had an awesome responsibility. <laughs> what would it be like if that, that was today? <laughs> if we as believer priests would <laughs> drag him out, it's gone quiet in there. Hopefully he's praying. <laughs> But we ought to be holy. Romans 1 verse 4. I'll just go through these. <clears throat> I've got them half written down just to get that word holy in. Romans 1 4. Christ declared to be the Son of God according to the Spirit of holiness. He's the Son of God according to the Spirit of holiness. Was the Lord Jesus holy? Absolutely holy. Huh. No sin. There was no sin in him, otherwise his sacrifice as our high priest was, would not have been accepted. Romans 6.22 <clears throat> Ye, You have your fruit unto holiness. Our fruit as Christians unto holiness. Romans 12.1 Present your bodies, it doesn't say holy, but as living sacrifices and without blemish. Would you offer it to the king? If you wouldn't offer it to the king, don't offer it to the king of kings. <clears throat> now, 
we have made do with a lot of things that have been second-hand at the church, but um, it's just as well we get four tickets a year for the tip because <laughs> a lot of it has to go there. It, it, I mean, it, if it's used, it's used, it's usable, but then <clears throat> we have to clean it out now and then to make it so we can fit in. We haven't got a big a storage area. But we are presenting our living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Second Corinthians seven one <clears throat> cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness as believer priests, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. First Thessalonians three thirteen. Establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God at his coming. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When we get over the other side, <clears throat> we will be as he is and we will be not tempted with sin anymore or not able to sin anymore <clears throat> and before he, God at his coming. But establish our hearts now, unblameable in holiness, so that we're not ashamed before him when he does come. First Thessalonians 4, 7. God has called us not unto uncleanliness, but unto, guess what? Holiness. Holiness, as the priests in the Old Testament. Hebrews 12, 10. <clears throat> God chastens us for our profit that we may, might be partakers of his holiness. He, he, <laughs> he chastens us that we might become holy because of our own volition we won't. And so he allows these things to come to make us partakers of his holiness. it's probably not that I should ask has anyone experienced something that God did to make you a partaker of his holiness (laughs) don't go there (laughs) but you you know you know before the Lord you know what (laughs) what it is that he's done that we might follow hard after him it's probably that you can observe and we, we won't do that either about other people well the Lord's making them grow. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. <clears throat> Follow peace with all men and holiness. And so much the more. First John chapter 3. I think I might have that down. Oh, that's the next one. First huh? John chapter 3, verse 1 and 3. It doesn't use the word Holiness, but it says, purify yourself even as he is pure. And in the context there, it's talking about the Lord Jesus coming. (laughs) Do we, whoops, do we sense that the Lord's coming soon? I think we do. (laughs) Christians, pastors, every every pastor I've talked to, must be soon. (laughs) It must be soon. And therefore, and it, that, that, those verses in First John 3, verse 1 and 3, purify yourselves even as he is pure, and so much the more as you see these things coming to pass and the coming of the Lord drawing nigh. Second Timothy 1, 9. <clears throat> Called to an holy calling. That's a blessing, isn't it? it to be a, a Levite, uh, you had a holy calling. You weren't given a lot of land. You were given things around the towns, the cities. <clears throat> but a holy calling. 
We've all been given the office of priest. We're believer priests. Let's be holy. This is our responsibility. This is, these should be our practices. And Isaiah 57, now this is in the Old Testament, and verse 15, For thus saith the high and the lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with those who have a contrite and a humble heart. <clears throat> and in the list of qualifications for those who are to be leaders in the Lord's work in local churches, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, right to 15. God's standards for those that lead his people are high. And it's a life of and walk of holiness and that he has a good testimony even in the community. <clears throat> and 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 15. We'll, we'll close with this. It's, I think, from Leviticus 11, 44. 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> We've already covered this some time back. Verse 13. Wherefore... Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Hope to the end, for the grace has to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's coming when he comes. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In all your manner of life, be ye holy. <clears throat> We'll stop there because we go as long on the next point. But this is our required practices. Holy priesthood. We're part of it. Let's behave like it. Let's think of what the Lord required in the Old Testament. You're a chosen generation, a royal, a royal priesthood. That <clears throat> you think of that one. Royal when you see royal, you think of what? Kings and queens. Priesthood. You think of Levites. In the Old Testament, royal was there such a thing as royal priesthood? What happened to Saul when he intruded on the priest office? He lost his kingdom. What happened to Uzzah when he tried to you know, do something that he shouldn't have been? <laughs> Smitten dead. And um, I was thinking it was Uzziah, King Uzziah. He intruded on the priest office. Bad news. <laughs> They didn't have royal priests. They had the priests and they had the kings. And the kings knew not to interfere there. <clears throat> and that's sort of where we get it in the Western society. Church should not be telling the government what to do. They might give advice if they're asked for it. But they should be preaching the word in their churches and the people will vote the people in that should govern our country right. <laughs> but <clears throat> royal we are a royal priesthood. Because we're king, it says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, that we're kings and priests together. What, what a position we have. Huh. Behave as, as a royal priest. There's some thoughts for considering. <clears throat>